Christian Revelations is a completely free podcast for the new Christian looking to learn more about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and how to implement His teachings in our lives and the world today. And for the older Christian looking to dig deeper into the Word of God, edification, and the fellowship of the body of Christ. And now our host, Pastor Robert. Before we get started, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence in our lives. I thank you for this time that you've given us to step back and reflect on what is important in our lives and what we need to seek and who we need to look to in these times of need. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of your Son and the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This morning we will be reading Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. But first, as always, I have a few questions. Do we actually have the faith in Jesus that we claim to have? Do we truly trust him in our lives? Does our trust in him give us the strength and the patience that we need to weather any storm? The beauty of land and sea and sky often fills us with an unimaginable wonder and joy. We have all had the experience of being struck dumb by the presence of natural beauty and it gives us an understanding of how small we really are. We have also known the experience of nature's fury in storms of various kinds. In those cases, too, we have felt our smallness and how vulnerable we really are in the face of it. Sometimes we find ourselves in the midst of different kinds of storms, those created by our own bad choices and actions or those created by the bad choices and actions of those around us. We often react to bad decisions in like manner. And we often cower in fear and do nothing, which only serves to empower those who are perpetrating the sins of this storm. Or we can choose to respond like mature Christians, and we can challenge the situation with God's love, God's righteousness, his forgiveness, and his mercy. This brings us to Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 35. On the same day, when the evening had come, He said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with them. And the great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. They awoke him and said to him, teacher, Do you not care that we are perishing? 
Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who, is the, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? The storms that are most familiar to us are those that are within our own private consciousness. We know what is right and we know what is wrong, but we often get caught up in storms of temptation. And they appeal to our sense of pleasure, our ego, and we are overwhelmed by them and we often give in to them. There are carnal and spiritual forces in this world that seek to destroy us and take us away from what is good and from God. Sometimes they are subtle, deceiving thoughts of innocence. Sometimes they are fierce as abject fear and of arrogant pride. As Christians, we do not have to face these storms alone. We have an advocate. We know that the Holy Spirit is always present with us, even more, more so in the moments when we are threatened by the storms of life. The Spirit is always there to guide us and to support us. And if we listen more and more regularly to that protective voice of calming wisdom, we will be more prepared to withstand the inevitable storms that will arise in our lives. The reality is that all of us, at times, are temporarily swept away by both external and internal storms of life. But we must never forget that we belong to a loving God. Though we have fallen victim to storms of pride, of greed, of jealousy, of anger, of drunkenness, of laziness, we should understand that God's love for us is never diminished. Through Jesus, he showed us his love and his compassion will always be there, will never end. If we learn to stand in our faith and in our commitments to God's commandments of love, we will not only survive these storms, we will be ready to take our place among the righteous both here and in heaven. When trouble strikes, we sometimes forget our knowledge of God. We struggle to recall the answers to past prayers, specific guidance by the Holy Spirit, and lessons learned previous crises. Only the present storm seems to be real. Our minds spin with future implications and our troubled emotions stand in the way of our clear thinking. In our own strength, we lack the sufficient resources and abilities to meet life's challenges. So God provides what we need. Our 
suffering is never a surprise to the Lord. He knows everything we are going through. And more than that, he is orchestrating our circumstances for his glory and our benefit according to his goodwill. Focusing on the divine purpose in hardship can help us respond to trials in a God-honoring way. One purpose for hardship and storms is for because of our own nature and our self-absorbed world that we live in, it is easy to develop selfish attitudes, mixed up priorities, and ungodly habits. The pressures that bear down on us from stormy situations are meant to bring these impurities to our attention and direct us to a place of repentance. Our trials are intended to purify and guide us back to godliness, not ruin our lives. A second reason we face difficulty is so we will be compassionate and be able to bring comfort to others. God's work in our life is not intended solely for us. It is designed to reach a world that does not recognize or acknowledge Him. The Lord uses our challenges to equip us for serving others. As we experience suffering, we will learn about God's sufficiency, His comforting presence, and His strength to help us endure. Our testimony during times of difficulty will be authentic. Those we minister to will recognize that we know and understand their pain. What credibility would we have as Christians or as pastors or priests or popes if we have never been through a crisis? How could we minister to those in need if we can't even show that we have experienced a deep need or a crisis in our life. God promise us, promises us that he will provide a path through any trial that we face. The disciples probably wondered how long the storm was going to last and whether they would make it safely to shore. Most likely, they wished it never happened. But had they somehow avoided the storm, they would have missed the demonstration of Jesus' power over the sea and the wind. The frightening situation was transformed into a revelation of our Savior's divine nature. God wants to make His power known through our trials as well. The most important thing He gives us is an awareness of His presence. At first, the disciples believed that Jesus was not concerned about their safety. In the same respect, we may sense that God is not concerned about us in our crisis. But He has promised to always be with us. Hebrews 13, 5-6 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for He himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will, I will not. What can man do to me? The assurance that the Lord will never leave provides immediate comfort and courage and a sense of confidence to endure. No one enjoys suffering, but in the hands of God, trials become tools. He uses hardship to shape believers into the people he intends them to be. Jesus allowed the disciples to experience fear and anxiety on being aboard that boat during the raging sea. He permitted them to suffer because he had something far more important to teach them. He wanted the disciples to recognize their own helplessness, his sufficiency, and their dependency on him. Jesus knew all things, and when he said, let's go over to the other side, he knew that they would encounter a storm. Sometimes people who know and love the Lord think that they're exempt from stormy experiences of life. Some Christians make the mistake of thinking that just because they have the Lord in their life, they will be immune to the troubles of life. Even though Jesus was on that boat, the storm still came. And even if Jesus is in our life, we will still encounter storms. There are physical storms, financial storms, emotional storms, relational storms, and they can strike us suddenly and without warning. But just because we find ourselves in a storm doesn't mean that God doesn't love us or that he's punishing us. Jesus led the disciples into this storm to teach them to trust him. So he so shouldn't be surprised when we face storms in life. When the disciples woke Jesus up, he immediately asked them two questions. Why are you so afraid? And how is it that you have no faith? In the previous chapter, Jesus taught some parables about faith and about receiving his word into our hearts. Like any good teacher, he taught them the lesson, and now he was giving them the test. We will learn to trust Jesus in any storm? Did they learn to trust Jesus in that storm? God tests our faith in order to purify our faith. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7 says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Sometimes life is good. It is always summertime and always good fishing. And there's no reason to cry during those times. And it's also not that God tests our faith. God tests our faith during the difficult times 
that we will have to live through. And here are three of the ways that he will test us. The pressure test. How will we handle stress when we are at our absolute limit? Or how will we act when we reach the point of total desperation? Like a pressure cooker building up heat and pressure, will we blow our top? Or will we trust God until the heat dies down? We have a people test. Sometimes God puts people in our life who will stretch our faith. They rub us the wrong way, and they seem to find the one exposed nerve that we have, and they grind on it. They aren't hard for us to love. They are impossible for us to love. (laughs) But we admit that Jesus loves them. So how do we handle these tests? Do we fight them or yell at them? Or do we patiently love them with the love of Jesus? Then we have the persistence test. This test asks the question, will we maintain our commitments or will we quit? When we're on task for God, there will be a time when we want to give up. Sometimes all the external factors indicate that we should give up and throw in the towel. A weak person gives up too soon, but a wise person persists to the end of every commitment. Sometimes we hear that screeching sound over the radio or the TV that says, this is a test. This is only a test. When we find ourselves in the midst of a storm, we should remember this is a test. It is only a test. Several of the disciples were fishermen. They probably tried everything humanly possible to battle this storm. Maybe they trimmed the sails. They pointed the bow into the wind. They started bailing water out, or they started rowing. But it soon became apparent to them that their resources weren't enough. So they called out to Jesus. When they woke up Jesus, they asked him, don't you care that we are perishing? They weren't afraid of the storm. They were afraid of drowning. Sometimes when we're in a storm, our minds rush. Worst case scenarios. We think the worst is going to happen. Probably thinking the ship is going to sink and we are all going to drown. Do we think that, or do we think that when we're going through a storm that God doesn't care when we're going through tough times? We don't have to wonder. God does care. First Peter 5.7 says, Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all him for he for you the fact that jesus was asleep during this us two things first he was a man and he got tired just like we do second 
he possessed such a strong sense of tranquility that he could sleep through a storm. There were two storms going on that night, the meteorological storm and the storm that was going on within the hearts of the disciples. They were filled with fear. And fear can be more destructive than any hurricane. Jesus said, why are you afraid? Then he spoke to the wind and the waves, saying, peace, be still. This is a set of words mother uses with her crying child. Hush, settle down. And the Bible says, it was completely calm. There was a great calm. We've seen calm weather before, but have we ever experienced a great calm? In this case, Jesus took the storm away, but sometimes he does not remove the storm. But he speaks to our troubled hearts and says, Peace, be still, be quiet. And when we trust him, we experience that great calm we find a peace that passes all understanding. Paul had a storm in his life that he called the thorn in the flesh. God didn't remove it. Instead, he gave him the grace and the peace to live with it. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Lest I be exalted above measure concerning this thing, I pleaded to the Lord three times that it may depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, most gladly I will boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Some of us have been asking God to take away the storms in our lives for a long time. He may not have done that yet, but he is offering to give us tranquility in the midst of our storm. When I was in the Air Force, I was stationed on the island of Okinawa. One day we got a warning that a typhoon was going to cross our island. The typhoon hit day and it was insane. The next day the island was a mess, the winds had died down, the rain had stopped, and it was eerily quiet and calm. We checked in the satellite footage and it showed the little speck of Okinawa inside the eye of the typhoon. It looked like a giant mass of clouds and rain blowing in a massive circle. And then second 
Second day, it came through. The rest of the typhoon came through, and it literally destroyed the island. But I am still amazed that in the midst of the worst storm I have ever seen, the disaster and the destruction was nothing, was nowhere near as impressive as the calm that I felt in the eye of that storm. In the midst of the storm, the disciples had forgotten what Jesus had said. Let us go to the other side. Once the creator of the universe makes up his mind that he is going to go to the other side of the lake, there is nothing that is going to stop him. Thank you for choosing Christian Revelations. We hope you were just as blessed in receiving the message as we were in preparing and delivering it. As always, we will welcome you back again with open arms, open hearts, open minds, and open Bibles with your host, Pastor Robert. Blessings to you all.